situation. Uh, and there's been a lot of talk um, most recently this weekend since I put out the news or the news has been put out that she reportedly um, pled guilty to these charges. Uh, in everything that was reported that she said, she sounded very sincere. Um, she made the statements and the comments that it was not her intention to do that. And, you know, you get a lot of mixed opinions um, uh, about this situation. And there have been mixed opinions about the situation from the very beginning. We, we talked about it here um, as much not as much as we can, but every time we got news and some kind of what we felt were like big updates um, or some updates of importance, we, we brought them to you guys here on our platform. And today is another one of those days. But just to, to backtrack just a little bit, um, we all know basic. We all know the basics of the situation. She's been detained in Russia. And immediately, I also was in on one um, in the beginning. And, and, and I mentioned that... It could have been very well a mistake, but I mean, there's, like I said, there's going to be a bunch of people who have a bunch of avenues to look at things um, and all of that jazz. But, you know, there's that word or that staple that she played over there for a number of years, so she should know the laws. Um, then I saw something this morning where somebody put out a post that said that if it were, I think it was somebody, a member of the WNBA, I think it was a coach or something, I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on that, but I did see a post on social media this morning where it alluded to if this was LeBron James in this situation, he would be released immediately, and someone commented and was like, no, nah, he wouldn't, this, that, and the third. Okay, here's the thing. I, I kind of agree with that. Excuse me, and I kind of don't. So basically, I have some things where I could see the points on both sides of those um, two statements that that I just presented to you. So on the one side, um, if it were LeBron James, I don't think um, it would have made a difference. Um, you know, people forget that Russia is not the United States. So the laws and everything over there are different. And as you see with Brittany Grinder Brittany Grinder being detained, basically her US status, or it would have been LeBron's US status, since we're playing devil's advocate, really doesn't matter to them. It's basically like it doesn't matter who you are. You broke the law and you're gonna be detained or whatever. You know, that's what happens in those um small world countries, uh dictatorships things of that nature. Those are the type of things that happen in those countries. So basically, you can very easily say that it wouldn't really matter who it was. If you break the law, you're going to be detained. So I kind of got what people were saying on both sides of that fence. Uh, I also felt like in the very beginning, I was a little nervous and a little scared that she would be eventually used as a pawn. In this whole situation. And, and, and I, I say that because of, as I've been following the story, everything that's been um, going along with the story, if you will. You know, she was detained. It was brought up, you know, talked about a little bit, discussed. Um, got some people to get over there to talk to her, her wife, who is an attorney. Um, got the WNBA involved and all of that jazz. So now when I post, I mentioned to you earlier in my opening that there's the next um, governor who's going to go or has gone and tried to talk to some people about that thing. But the bottom line is 
I'm beginning to feel, but the art, most recent article that I saw in reference to her pleading guilty, um, I, I feel like my thoughts are becoming true. Um, they're coming to fruition. Whereas, like I mentioned in that uh, quote that posted I saw earlier, and I mentioned this to a couple of friends, it, it feels like she's being a pawn because there are some stipulations. Okay, um, she did plead guilty, and she, I guess she felt with legal advice that she got and what she felt and how she feels about the judicial systems in the United States, she felt like if she, quote-unquote, came clean, uh, pled guilty, that things may start to look a little better, start to make a turn for the better for her. It may be the case, but it's not going to be at the rate of speed or time as it would be in the United States. Again, you got to remember, people, we're talking about the, Soviet, the former Soviet Union. We're talking about Russia, who was engaged in a war with the Ukraine. Okay? So there's a lot going on over there. Um, and it's a lot different over there. So I, I, one of the stipulations um, that's been put out from Russia is they also want some prisoners here, some Russian prisoners that are detained in the United States, released in order to, I guess, proceed along or have a little push in helping Brittany Griner get released. The problem I have with that is the people that they want released have committed worse crimes than what Brittany Griner has been accused of. Um, it, it's crazy, it's funny, but Russia is on they you know what right now you know they they doing what they doing with ukraine and now they got all right she here we got her but if y'all want us to let her go y'all something's got to be in it for us y'all gonna do something for us and here you have it so it, it's crazy how, how this thing like i said is beginning to feel like it's playing now and like i said i'm beginning to feel even more that she is being used as a pawn in order to get those prisoners released and it's kind of ironic if you haven't been paying attention to the story. But remember, I just mentioned to you that the prisoners that Russia wants released have done or have committed more serious crimes. And some of those crimes kind of fit into that situation of what's going on over there now because they're in a war. So a lot of what these guys or these people that they want released have done um, are, are, in my opinion, you know, from what the crimes that, that I've seen that they have been accused of and detained for could help them in the war. So, yeah, okay, if I'm them too, yeah, well, all right, y'all want us to release her? All right, we'll let her. We'll send her release her. But you know we're in the middle of a war, and y'all going to let the people out there can help us in this war, and then we'll do what you need us to do. So it, it, it's not an even split. It's, I, it's not a barter system, if you will, where they're trying to make it look like that. Uh, but again, I believe, and like I said, I'm starting to feel even more that she is becoming a pawn or has become a pawn, uh, in this situation. Uh, right now, currently there's no, no timetable, um, of how long this trial could take. And she's been detained since February 17th. Um, you know, uh, she said, and this is, I quote, I'd like to plead guilty, your honor. But there was no intent. I did not want to break the law, end quote. So that's what she said. Um, her next appearance is due um, in three days from now, the 14th. 
Um, and she, ironically, she will face up to Big Chuck. What's going on, homie? Uh, she will face up to 10 years in prison if she is convicted of large-scale transportation of drugs. So, with that particular part right there, we'll honestly never know how much um, was found. They were vape cartridges, okay? That's what they were accusing her of, stealing vape cartridges, sending, not stealing, but smuggling vape cartridges. Um, and they said, here, they said, for large-scale uh, transportation. Um, I honestly don't think it was large scale. Uh, this is another reason that will add fuel to the fire. Why I think she's being used as a pawn, because again, it for her it, it appeared from what I read and everything that I got that it was personal use. But they're now making it seem like it was some large scale, like she was a total mule or a drug smuggler or something, which was totally not the case. Um, like I said, I don't really know the entire story. Like I said, I know what's being given to us. But like I mentioned in the very beginning, she's been over there years, four or five years consistently after the WNBA season. So I don't truly believe that that was a large scale. She was trying to uh, transport um, a large scale amount of drugs into Russia. And again, like I said, she she... Seemed sincere um, with what she said and remorseful. Where she said she she didn't intend to break the law, she didn't want to break the law, you know. So it's a lot of things, a lot of points or bullet points in this story that we may never get wind of. We may never know. Uh, so it's going to take a while. Like I said, her next hearing date is in three days, July fourteenth. Um, you know, it's crazy because we do have people that are, um, helping her along the way. Um, like we said, we mentioned that, yes, oh, I didn't mention it yet, but I will mention it and go over it in a second when I get to the WNBA All-Star game. But if you didn't see it yesterday, in the second half of, the, uh, of that All-Star game, in memorial to her, uh, the entire, both teams, the entire, uh, players, the entire group of players wore Brittany Grinder's number and her name yesterday in the second half of that um, game. So, you know, um, you know, like I said again, that there is no timetable for the length of the trial. But the real resolution, um, what they're saying is, in her case, is expected to be a deal that brings one or more Russian Russians currently in U.S. custody back to Russia in exchange for the release of Griner and possibly another American, Paul Willen, who has been detained in Russia since December of 2018. Um, Russia has sought, and here it is, they have sought the release of an arms dealer who is serving a 25-year sentence in the United States for supporting terrorism. So again, like I mentioned to you folks, it is, of course, as you hear now, it could very well see how this could be the release of these U.S. detained prisoners could tie into everything that's going on over there. Now, like I said, we all know that they're in a war. We know this. Everybody knows this. So, again, like I just mentioned to you, one of the guys is an arms dealer. So, like, again, you think about it, it's going to be really tough and it's going to be a long, hard fight because why would the U.S. 
give up an arms dealer and release him back to a country that's in the middle of a war. Somewhat of a head scratcher, uh, but I really don't know why the U.S. would do that. Um, I honestly don't think it's going to happen. But that's what they're asking for. And like I said, it's just ironic that it fits right into the situation that, that they're in um, currently. So, again, you know, with that being said, I will definitely, as I always do, keep my ear to the story, keep my ear to the street. And as I get information, if it's not here on Monday mornings, um, if it's during the week on social media, I will definitely post stuff and keep you up to date as much as I am kept up to date on this and any other stories that I bring to you here and on social media like I always do. So moving along, and we had the WNBA All-Star Game yesterday. Before I get into that, um, I also posted earlier today that over the weekend as well, um, the WNBA commissioner made some statements and talked about the possibility of an expansion franchise coming to the city of Philadelphia. And I mentioned this and we talked about this a few weeks back, maybe about a month or so ago, maybe a little bit longer. But now you can kind of get closer to that confirmation that something's in the works and something could possibly happen. And I think that would be something great uh, for the city of Philadelphia because, you know, the city is a big market. Um, of course, they would be somehow, some way, somewhat affiliated with Philadelphia 76ers and we know how they are as far and we understand I'm not talking about what happened to us as far as play in the past two seasons but we know the marketing value of the Philadelphia 76ers and the marketing value in the big city like Philadelphia so it would help um it would help the team and it would also help the WNBA to expand into another city that has a pretty big market um, where they can get some advertising and get some support and because, you know, I'm always talking about how I am in favor of uh, the WNBA needing more media attention, more fan support, more advertising. They just need more. And again, I, like I mentioned when we talked about this, when they had the disparity uh, between the uh, ladies and the men, I mentioned that they need to get more help from their big brother, the WNBA. And there's no question the WNBA has the money to do it. It's just a matter of how you do it and again for me a lot of people will immediately say well they can help them out with the money and like i just said some money yes would definitely help but it doesn't have to necessarily be a monetary thing um the outreach the advertising and the tv contracts and the things that the w i mean the nba has their reach could very well help and it could just be like we said it doesn't have to be every nba city it could just be like we said the cities that have and WNBA team and you know if everyone got in it would help more and if the front office could get in it would help more it's just my thoughts that the NBA could do so much more to help their little sisters um, in this process so with that being said we had the WNBA all-star game yesterday like I mentioned to you um, team Stewart fell to Team Wilson, 134-112. Um, it was a pretty good game. I didn't watch the entire game, but I got most of the game this morning, some highlights before I came in, you know, doing my prep for this morning. Um, I did see, and I reposted, the major 
play of the game, which I thought was the major play of the game, the breakaway dunk by Sylvia Fowles. And what fitting way for her to go out in this, which could possibly, which arguably is her final WNBA All-Star game. Also, Sue Bird, um, they're making their, those two are making their final WNBA All-Star game appearances. And it could possibly have been the last one for Candace Parker as well. So, the WNBA, I think, um, with those three possibly being in their last seasons, it, the NBA's in, WNBA's in pretty good shape. Um, you know, there are some other ladies that will definitely um, be able to hold the torch and carry the WNBA. But again, like I said, that they... They are talking about expanding their season, so they're they're trying to work on some things. Um, you know, I, I think some other things that they could possibly talk about adding in and making things better. Since there's just such a low number of teams there, so they want to expand the games, and they have their in-season tournament, um, and they have an All-Star game, of course, through that. Maybe since they're trying to expand to like a 40-game season, maybe once a year in each conference they can have a showcase game somewhere between two the top two teams in each conference um you know and it doesn't have to be in either one of those top two teams home city somewhere close uh somewhere that represents the teams in that conference you know what i'm saying if you understand what i mean so like eastern conference it could be somewhere along the eastern seaboard in one of the major cities where they could get more people and they have some more advertising and do some things. And the same thing on the West Coast where they can get a big city. And like I said, the top two teams in each conference just have a showcase game um, like they have the end-season tournament. Have a showcase game to try and recoup some fans and bring some more fans in to that situation um, of the WNBA. So that's going to take a lot, people. Uh, and, and again, you know, that now they're talking about possibly expanding, again, I think, which is a good thing. Because like all the things that I mentioned to you just a few minutes ago, the city uh, is a very, very marketable city. It's a big city. It's a very, very high market for professional sports. Like I said, you see the support that the Sixers and the Eagles and the Phillies get. Um, the Flyers are... <laughs> you also see the support that the Philadelphia Union gets. So it's very marketable and, and that could just add in and help push that WNBA expansion team along and also push into the entire league, fuel some more energy and some more oomph into that league and get it going to where um, a lot of us or some of us feel it could be, or some of us feel it should be again, we'll probably be a, be talking to our cheeks are red. Our eyes are tired uh, vocal cords are strained about the disparity in pay. They are working on th on that, but again, that goes into their concessions and ticket sales and things of that nature. Where you see, if you look at the list of teams in there, there, there are some marketable teams, but they've got to get another way or figure out another way to get some more TV time, get bigger TV contracts. Um, They've got to, and again, like I said, it has to take the help, uh, has to get help from their big brother, the WNBA, who has that reach and that can assist the WNBA in getting 
more notoriety than what they currently have. Um, so again, you know, I'm hoping that things can get done. I'm hoping things will improve for those ladies, and I'm hoping, and I'll keep my ear to the street and let you know everything that I get um, on the news of a possible expansion team and WNBA expansion team in the city of Philadelphia again, which I think would be great for the WNBA, would be great for the city. Uh, just great all the way across the board. I think it could be a win-win for both parties. So we'll see what happens with that. 11.40, 20 minutes past the 11, 20 minutes to the noontime hour, I'm sorry. So we're going to take our another break, second break. So go ahead, go grab your lunch, take a little minute to get yourself together, get everything set up, and come on back. Um, just so you know, I am going to talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Nets in the next segment, and I'm actually going to switch up today a little bit. I'm going to go Instagram live today a little bit when I talk about everything that's going on with the Nets right now, because in my opinion, and like I mentioned to a couple people last week, this situation with the Nets has imploded right in front of them before it even really got started. Keep that in mind. Keep that on your thought process. It's your boy Sports Rap D. I will be see you on the other side. Just a minute. Stay tuned, folks. I'll be back to talk some Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving, KD, and some free agency. Closing in on our last segment. Um, I am trying to get this thing going so I can go live on IG, but I'm having some trouble here. I don't know what's going on with this thing. Um, you know, it may be me, maybe me doing something wrong. I don't know what it is, but guess what? This is what we going to do. We are not going to go Instagram live right now until I figure it out because I haven't been doing it much and I don't understand how it's been so difficult for me today i'm having such a problem today so we are going to jump back to facebook live um you can hear me i'm sure you can just give me a second you'll like i said you'll know when i'm back up and running again and i'm going to letting you know now i'm going to play around with when i'm off there i'm going to play around with the instagram thing see what was uh tying me up and causing me not to be able to go live but here I am back on Facebook. You know the group page, Sports Rap Podcast, is the group page. And like I said, you can get us on heat100radio.com. You can also get us in the TuneIn app. Just go in the app and search Heat 100 Radio, and our label, our moniker, our logo, and everything will pop up. So we are going to just kick in and touch a little bit, recap um, some things that the Sixers have done uh, in the off season so far and there's been some good morning cousin there's been some good things um i, I like some of the things that are going on um and you know there we are going to have those people who like it you're going to have those people that don't like it and you're going to have those other people that are just going to have something to say just because they want to have something to say so for me a, a lot of people um are impartial to the pj tucker signing um i've talked to some people and they felt that matisse Thybul gives us the same thing but younger um 
the two pieces I could throw in there for sports talk and debate purposes um, involving those two players. And, and, I mean, I'm not knocking the fact that, you know, some people have their – people have their opinions, people – and some of those people have valid points. Um, like I'm getting ready to say, you know, Matisse Thibault, yes, they are correct. He does somewhat give you the same things, the defense, um, and he does have a slight advantage in his youth. He has not readily improved or readily or steadily improved in his offensive repertoire as of yet. Uh, then you look at P.J. Tucker on the other hand. P.J. can shoot the three a little bit better than Matisse. He does give you the defense. Matisse could arguably be better at the defense, um, individual defense, one-on-one defense. He could be individually better because of his youth. Um, but P.J. is the veteran. And if you take a little trip back to the end of the season and the comments and things that were made by some of our players, some of our key players, it was that word toughness brought up. P.J. knocks that toughness box out of the out of the box he basically blows that box up he will definitely give you the toughness um and you know it's something that the Sixers as an organization as a team have not had arguably since I would say maybe Charles Barkley um Aaron McKee and I say that because they had that toughness. Um, a lot of people are probably going to think, you know, what about AI? AI had that toughness, but AI was a different breed, a different individual. Um, and where I'm talking about, I'm just talking about the basic, the defense, and just the toughness that a lot of other teammates will feed off of. of and that's where um, I think PJ fits. And I think one of the biggest things or the main thing that people are disgruntled about with the pj tucker sign is the money um three years 10 mil a year maybe about 11 mil a year close to that uh but i've also been telling people where a lot of people don't truly realize and understand the business side if you look at that that 10 mil the the state of the nba and you've seen it people with the signings that have been going on the extensions and all of this kind of jazz that's been going on for the past couple years in the nba that 10 mil is starting to feel like like the veterans minimum so you take that into consideration and you think about a lot of the younger players that a lot of people felt like the sixers could have went after in place of pj tucker and you have to ask yourself in the background you have to take this and put this on the back burner and, and think about it will these younger guys come and play for that 10 million when they see what's going on around the league um i think pj tucker has won a championship um he went to miami didn't happen there Yeah, Mario, again, like I said, I agree, you know, with a lot of people, a lot of stuff. Well, I'm not going to say I agree, but I understand um, what a lot of people have said. And you're right, they could have had somebody younger. But again, what PJ brings into your organization, which is something that you haven't had in a long time, something that was stressed by your key players at the end of the season. And again, like I said, it's that issue on the business side where I don't feel comfortable with, 
saying or, or believing that a lot of these younger players who who could have been had and who could very well have done the same things that PJ Tucker does would have arguably had come and played for that ten million dollars. That's just the, that's the big key for me. And, and you know, when you don't look at that side, uh, the business side rather of the NBA Rob, thanks for tuning in. You know, you, when you look at that side of the business, you, you people forget that it also is a business. Um, we can sit here um, on this side of the fence as fans and say, oh, well, they could have got this person. They could have got that person. Again, like I said, that money thing, the way money is being thrown around in the NBA right now, um, a new collective bargaining agreement coming up in a year or two, I believe. Um, the salary cap is allegedly possibly going to go up um next year so like the sixers are, are are doing some things and they're making some room for some pieces to be added where they can get past what they know and i mean i think it's okay um you have to kind of ride with it because they had two years and they got basically to the same position in two years so now you have to look past that you have to analyze what you had year one with doc rivers year two with doc rivers and daryl morey and you got to get past what you had. You know, sometimes on the business side, you have fan favorites that will end up needing to be put in deals or moved for the purpose of the advancement of the team. And, you know, it, it's sometimes hard for fans when they get attached to players or cities get attached to players and then they get moved on. But sometimes that those things have to happen. It's like I always say, and like I've always said about the situation with Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles. Success while he was here. City fell in love with him as a coach. Um, in my opinion, arguably had his best years as a coach here until he won the Super Bowl. But for the most part, his best years here. Just couldn't get past that NFC Championship game. And then it got to the point where things were not changing. Things were pretty much staying in the same place. So it was like, okay, yeah, it's about time. We got to separate. This marriage has run its course. It has to be changed. And that's part of the business. So it's the same thing. And, yeah, because I see he's 20, 37, he's 34. Yes, you definitely need fresh legs from James Harden. But where the Sixers are now some of these core pieces that you're saying, the James Hardens, the P.J. Tuckers, are pieces that could help. They also did get some younger pieces in this mix. Uh, Daniel House, Traveling Queen. Um, there's now talk about Reggie Bullock possibly being on their radar. Um, there was talk about Eric Gordon being on their radar. Now, most recently, you've heard about the tweets between the fan and Markeith Morris where he could possibly or has stated possibly that he wanted to come here and play for the Sixers, which could be huge for the Sixers because you could have that younger, so to speak, P.J. Tucker on the same roster with the old original P.J. Tucker. And Marquise Morris will, Marquise Morris will definitely bring that Philly toughness. He's a Philly native, so he'll definitely bring that toughness. And he has the offensive abilities to be a viable part of this team moving forward. So I'm hoping that the Sixers kick the tires on that. Uh, Baldy, if you're tuned in, call Lil' Cuz and tell him, yo, listen, come on, kick. if you got to kick the tires on your own, come on, bring the tires with you. 
Okay, um, but the Sixers definitely need to kick the tires um, in that situation. So again, like I said, people, you have to sometimes, um, like we always say here, you have to sometimes take your fan hat off and look at the situation on the business side, um, where initially the Sixers were somewhat strapped as far as salary cap and how much money they had to spend on players. Uh, but, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, okay, Mario, you know, listen, I'm just here to give y'all my interpretation and tell y'all a little bit about the business side. But, I, Tawanda, I get what he's saying. You know, I understand it. Um, I had some other people, plenty of other people that told me that they really didn't like the um, P.J. Tucker signing. But I think it's going to work out. Um, I, I think, you know, there's a relationship with him um, and Daniel House and James Harden. Cause Juice Man, Darren Duart, what's going on, good brother? There, there is, uh, you know, a piece um, that could help the other players on the team where those three guys have played together, um, have an understanding of each other on and off the court in the locker room, so they could help this team. Um, they also got younger. They got a key piece in De'Anthony Melton, the young guy from Mem Memphis who they traded Danny Green for. And again, in that situation, when I first reported, first reported that situation and brought that to people's attention, or it was brought to people's attention, a lot of people asked me, well, why did they do that? I said, you know, they freed up some money, not necessarily the whole $10 million that Danny Green was going to get for the second year of this contract, but you also had to take into consideration the serious injury or the magnitude of the serious injury that he suffered in the Miami Heat series where he is all but going to be out for the entire season and possibly some of next season if he decides to continue to play who knows he may decide to retire because of this injury because he's also up there in age but that particular piece you know I, I liked what Danny Green brought I liked what he brought to the team as far as a player in a, in a locker room but you know it, it, it's one of those things like I said again the business side where you got to get some of that money off your cap. Like I said, you probably didn't get, you didn't, not probably, you didn't get the whole $10 million, but you probably freed up about six or seven with that move, okay? And then you got younger and De'Anthony Mutton. You got somebody that can do the same things that Danny Green could do, just younger. So it's working out, you know? It, it just, people just have to think about what we had on our roster past our core, if you will, and that core very much arguably being Joel, James, Tyrese, and Tobias. And there's still rumors floating around that Tobias Harris could still possibly be moved, which would definitely help even further down the line with that contract that he signed. And we all know I've talked about that hand over fist, foot over, whatever you want to call it, however you want to say it. I've talked about how I felt about that situation and that contract-wise as far as the business side. And I told you I've always felt that Tobias Harris, for me, has never been consistent enough to be that second scorer, that Batman. He's like that third, possibly fourth option. So you have to look at the situation and hope for the best. So, you know, I don't think the Sixers are done as of yet, and I think that there will be some more moves made. Um, hopefully, Matisse will still be here, and we'll be able to learn some things from P.J. Tucker and if they can get Marquise Morris from them. so But he really does need to improve on the offensive end, which is the biggest question mark for him from everybody 
in and around the Sixers, anybody that covers the Sixers or watches the Sixers, that is the biggest concern about Matisse Dyke. So there you have it. And, you know, as always, I will definitely keep you guys posted and updated on the Sixers situation, any moves that they make, anything that I hear. I will definitely get it to you um, as soon as I can get it to you. Um, yeah, well, you know, because we can definitely talk about that. We can get Mario up here and sit in with me, and we can definitely talk about whatever, you know. Um, but again, it, again, for me, I think I want to say to the Sixers fan base, just be a little patient. Still Summer League, um, and by the way, Summer League, Isaiah Joe is looking pretty good. Maybe he can play his way into the lineup and continue his success from the Summer League and bring that over to the regular season. You also have to think about Jaden Springer, who has made some strides being in the G League. He did impress a little bit in the Summer League. So, so he may um, crack the, bu the button. And Tobias, you could argue that that he is better than P.J., um, I can give definitely give you offensively, uh, Tobias is better. Definitely give you that. But, you know, what Joel Embiid said and what Tobias himself even said, the toughness issue, he, he's got to be tougher. You know, I'm not knocking him or anything like that. And I give you, yes, offensively he is better than P.J., but he's got to be tougher. If he wants to be one of the guys here, he's got to be tougher, and he's got to be a little bit more consistent for me um, to do that. So we move on. Um, but again, like I said, Sixers fans, you, you have to have some patience. Um, you have some pieces. They just have to come together. And, and the best thing about this year going in with these pieces are they're being done in the offseason. So it will all be together at the very beginning of training camp where it won't be a trade and you have to bring in a new player or new players and acclimate them to what everybody else is doing. Everybody can get in training camp and be on the same page from the very beginning, which is a blessing um, for the Sixers. So just be patient. Yeah, just 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 be patient. Um, I think the thing is going to come together. And, and I think the pieces that have already been added are, are going to be viable pieces. Um, you know, I could go through the list and tell you there are definitely a couple pieces on this roster that ended on the roster last year that I could tell you right now and say, look, yeah, get rid of him, get rid of him, and get rid of him, and and possibly even him. So that that's like another story. Um, and I'm definitely sure we will definitely get to that once we get through summer league, once we start training camp, once that roster starts getting slimmed down and cut down. So we'll, we'll have plenty of time um, to talk about the remaking of the Sixers roster. So the other biggest story which is somewhat or has been somewhat taking the light off of actual free agency are the Brooklyn Nets issues with themselves, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So just a little backtrack to start off. We know now Kyrie Irving has opted in to his contract because the Nets didn't feel comfortable in signing him to an extension. I honestly do not blame them for that because we've seen what Kyrie has been um, in the past couple years as far as a player, basically a part-time player. Um, he was not going to get the max extension, so he opted in. Then, shortly after that, you have Kevin Durant um, 
apparently requesting a trade. Which is kind of surprising, which was kind of surprising to a lot of people because Kyrie opted in. You initially, Kevin Durant, named or put the reasoning for your trade was that there was no trust from you um, or the trust was dwindling with the front office um, of the Brooklyn Nets. But dude, you signed a four-year extension before all this happened. They brought in James Harden. You got hurt again. Kyrie was missing. For the short time that he was there, when he was there, James Harden did actually put that team on his back. They kind of did put him on his back. But you look at the situation now, you can very easily and arguably, for for, for uh, sake of conversation, dialogue, debating, he might have seen the writing on the wall before anybody else did, and that's why he got out. Because now you look, Kyrie Irving wants out. Although he opted in, he wants to trade. And Kevin Durant wanted to trade. And what the Brooklyn Nets are asking for Kevin Durant alone is effing ridiculous. Okay? I don't think they're not going to get anything close to what they're asking for. And the crazy part is... You can't, you go and compare because James Harden's not really in this mix, but kind of sort of tied to it. You think about what people say said about Daryl Morey when what they wanted in return for trades or for other players. Now you see what Brooklyn is asking for Kevin Durant. And don't get me wrong, people. Kevin Durant's still one of the best players in the league. No, no doubt about that in my mind. The only issue I have is the past couple seasons he's been injured. And I know what happens, but he's been injured for some reason at, at crucial points in seasons. I mean, you look at season just passed. When it began, homie, homie, Mr. Terrell, thanks for tuning in. Uh, when, when you looked at the Nets going into the season. Odds on favorite, penciled in on paper to win the title. And what happened? Kyrie didn't want to get the vaccine. We know about that situation. Kevin Durant got hurt. We know about that situation. James Harden was there. James Harden seen it going left before it actually went left and won it out. He got out. The Brooklyn Nets ended up being in the play-in tournament. Then... Getting through the playing tournament, first round being swept by the Boston Celtics. Swept. Which means they didn't win a game in the playoffs. And they had Kyrie Irving back, and they had Kevin Durant back, and ironically, the mandate was lifted so Kyrie could play in home games. And they still got swept by the Boston Celtics. But they were the eyes on favorites going in to win the East and arguably win the championship. Didn't happen. So now, it's a barn fire. Players have issues with management after signing the four-year extensions. Players who don't want to work full-time want more money, want the max money. You're not going to get the max money if you're not going to play full-time. It makes no sense. KD, you signed this four-year extension. Now you say you have no trust. Well, obviously, you had some trust before because you signed the extension. Now, they want 
more than a king's ransom, if you will, in a trade offer for KD. Um, this this one trade that I saw, which was totally, totally, utterly, in my opinion, ridiculous, or like I like to say, ridiculous, and I am pretty much sure, like I'm like 98.9% sure that there's no way that this is going to happen. Now, just listen to this for a second, people. I want you to listen to me and what I say. And when I say they want more than the King's Ransom, but this deal, this mock deal that I said, that I saw, and I had to bring it to the table because it's no way, in my opinion, that this is ever going to happen. And it's a three-team, one, two, three, it's a four-team deal. Okay, because with Kevin Durant, with that extension, uh, Harry Scruggs, thanks for tuning in. With Harry, with that extension, there is definitely um, going to have to be a third, and like this, like this trade, a possible fourth team to get in on this. So this trade has the four teams involved. Let me tell you those four teams involved. Obviously, the Brooklyn Nets, the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, and the Los Angeles Lakers. One of the teams that KD said that he was interested in going to when he put out the trade request. The first two teams were Miami and Phoenix. Okay, and then he said later on, just as recent as last week, he only wants to go to a team that already has two stars. Caught a lot of flack from that. I didn't even go in on that part. But he did mention that he wanted to go to a team that already had two stars. Okay, but here's the trade. And again, the teams are the Jazz, the Nets, the Suns, and the Lakers. All right? The Jazz would end up with Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton. The Suns would end up with Ben Simmons. And the Lakers would end up with Kyrie Irving, Landry Shamit, and Dario Saric. In return, the Brooklyn Nets will be receiving... Russell Westbrook, Talon Horton Tucker, Mike Conley Jr., Bojan Bogdanovic, Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay. Now, here is where the ridiculousness comes in. One, two, three. Wait a minute. I wrote this down again. I'm going to get a clearer version for you so I can give it to you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 first round picks. Exactly. There's no way I can see this happening. Gave you all the players. Now, here are the picks a 2023 first round pick from the Utah Jazz. Another 2023 first-round pick from Minnesota via Utah. A third 23 first-round pick from Phoenix. A 2025 first-round pick also from Phoenix. 2026 first from Utah. 2026 first again from Minnesota or Miami via Utah. A 27 first round pick, Utah. 29 first round pick via Utah. Another 29 first round pick from my from Minnesota 
and another and a third 2029 first round pick from the Lakers. Listen, people, if that happens, the NBA is full of crap. There's no way that this deal is going to happen. I mean, the NBA stepped in and canceled the Chris Paul to the Lakers deal. They had something to say about Anthony Davis going to the Lakers. There's no way. No way. I do not see it happening at all for the Brooklyn Nets to move KD and Kyrie Irving and get six players. One, let me see. One, two, three, four. Yeah, six players and ten first-round draft picks. There's no way. I do not see it happening any way, shape, or form at all. Um, then, so the state of the Brooklyn Nets, wow, it's very hard to gauge right now because you don't know, or we don't know, they probably don't even know what their roster is going to look like come to start a training camp. Uh, there were rumors that Kyrie Irving was in training camp and someone overheard him respond to a fan and saying that he would be with the Lakers very soon. They are, are on the other side of that with the Lakers issue. couple things going on there where Russell Westbrook allegedly put out a statement um, and said that he it's tough for him. It's not fair with him being the best player on the Lakers. Not a huge LeBron fan, but I think you might need to rethink that, Russie. Um, also... They were seen at summer league game and did not speak, did not make any particulars to each to one another at all. Uh, let's see here. We got a quote, Harry Scruggs. He says, the Nets don't really want to trade KD, and that's why they're asking for ridiculous draft picks, eight players, and players. Absolutely. And with them having the years over him, he is in, at their mercy. Absolutely. Like he, he doesn't have any leverage. It's the same thing I was saying with the Ben Simmons situation. It's like you're under contract, dude, so they don't have to trade you at all. You can do what you want. You don't have to come and play. You can sit out, and you'll go through the same thing. You'll get fined, whatever. But they don't have to trade you. Again, like Harry Scott, this is why they're asking for this ridiculous amount of stuff in the trade. Stuff that they obviously know they're not going to get. You know, um, it's been a lot of talk that arguably the Golden State Warriors could be on his list for a reunion and could basically offer the best package but when you think about it in the long term, they just won the championship with some of the pieces that are being asked for. Why would we get rid of them now just to bring in Kevin Durant? When we've shown already that we won it without him, we won it with him, and then we came back and won it again without him. So it's like I don't get, you know, like I said, I do also still believe that they do have the best package. But you look at the late Warriors side, it's like, why would they do that? They just won the championship with these guys, so why would they move them this soon? It's not likely going to happen. Um, you know, there's also talk that in the front office where LeBron is trying to kind of lobby for um, Kyrie, where the inside office, some of the people in the inside want um, a situation where they could possibly get Buddy healed instead of Kyrie Irving. There's also questions and talk that the Nets wanted LeBron, AD, Kendrick Nunn, and five first-round picks for Kevin Durant. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, and, and, and people are really like, 
talking about this like, oh, they want this and everything. Yo, that stuff is not going to happen, people. Again, I say you have to think about the business side of it. It's no way these teams, the Jazz, giving up three first-round picks. The 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 uh, the. I mean, the Jazz giving up two for two or three first-round picks. The Suns giving up two or three first-round picks. That's not going to happen because you got KD on the wrong side of on the actually coming up on the wrong side of the hill. He's on his way on a decline. And like I said, he's been hurt the past couple years. Hurt. So you don't even know if you if you get him. When you got him, you better use him because you don't know if you're going to have him for the entire season. You can almost bank that at some point he is going to miss some time. And if you make these trades and you move these pieces, when he's out, you could be very well in the same situation as the Brooklyn Nets where you don't have enough. It is definitely going to be fun um, to see how this all plays out. Um, I could easily sit here and say, and I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm not, I'm not really going to get into it, but if both of those guys somehow something happened, they were to get traded or not play, then you have Ben Simmons there. And does anybody really think he can hold that weight on his own? Hasn't shown it yet, but does anybody really think he can hold that weight on his own? We don't know. We may never see if Ben Simmons can hold that kind of weight on his own, on his own shoulders. So, you know, the state of the Brooklyn Nets is really crazy right now. Um, I think it's in shambles. Um, And it's all the way across the board. It's not just the players wanting trades. and It's all the way across from players to the front office where people the players are saying there's no trust after signing four-year extensions guys want max extensions that don't play full-time one guy got out before the you know before it got to this which i think was a great thing for him so we will definitely uh continue to watch and see what goes on with the brooklyn nets um all in all folks again then, you know, I'm just going to leave this here, and I and I posted it, and I, I'm waiting to see more comments. You know, the comment from John Morant, um, this is a little off the, off the main, but where he said that he would cook Jordan. Uh, I like you, Ja, but you're talking out the side of your neck. No. And, I mean, I get it. I understand how you feel about today's NBA, but Jordan's NBA was a lot tougher. People are going to argue he didn't play anybody, but we're talking John Moran. And people understand John Moran's skill set, but we're talking about Michael Jordan here. Yeah, Jai, pump your brakes on that, bro. I think you need to pump your brakes and rethink that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the line someone spoke to him and there another tweet came out where he mentioned something in reference to somewhat retracting uh, some of what he said. With that being said, folks, thank you all again for tuning in to the Sports Red Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio each and every Monday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Drake Tavern every other Thursday, you know, 6 to 8, you know where we are. Come on, check us out. You know where to find me, Instagram and Twitter at sportswrap underscore D. 
right here where we are right now on Facebook, the group page, Sports Rap Podcast, the webpage, sportsratradio.com. Check out the YouTube channel, Sports Rap TV. Make sure you get over there and subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button on the videos that are up that you like and hit the bell so you'll be alerted where when new video is up. And also podcast the audio after the day will go up probably tomorrow or Wednesday. iHeart, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or most of your podcast outlets. I'm going to give you schedules, MLB schedules for today. You got the Tigers and the Royals. The Pirates and the Marlins, the White Sox and Guardians, the Red Sox and the Rays, the Phillies and the Cardinals, the Mets and the Braves, the A's and the Rangers, the Tigers and the Royals, the Padres, Rockies, Diamondbacks, Giants. WNBA Tuesday, resuming play. Wings in the Storm, the Aces are in New York to play the Liberty. The Mercury and the Lynx, the Dream, um, go up against the Sky. Also tonight, uh... NBA Summer League continues on the ESPN trio of networks. The Pelicans and the Hawks, the Spurs and the Rockets, the Bucks and the Celtics, the Magic and the Thunder, the Mavs and the Jazz, and the Knicks and the Blazers. Again, Sixers back in action on Wednesday, 9 p.m. ESPN 2 versus the Miami Heat Summer League affiliate. Stan Laws, good brother, tuning in. Stan, I'm going to hit you with text up. Um, I got a question to ask you. Um, when I get off air, maybe sometime later today. But I, I got a, something I want to ask you. But I, I'll I'll hit you up. I'll text you um, in a little bit. So it's nothing really major, but just something I want to ask you just to see what's going on. Appreciate you always for tuning in, and blessings and much love to you too. Like we always say, folks, be great on purpose. It is Monday morning. Get out, get some of this sunshine. It's lunchtime, 1230. Some of you might be going back from lunch. Some of you might just be getting out. Get out and get you some of that sunshine and tune in to Sports Wrap. Each and every Monday here and all week on social media. It's your boy, Sports Rap D, signing out. Thanks again, everybody that tuned in, and I will see you all. Wait, I almost forgot. Before I go, I know you saw it. I posted. There is an announcement. I need everyone that's tuned in, everyone that may see this later on, checking the comments and whatnot. Please, I'm alerting you now. Save the date. September the 4th. Save the date. Sunday before Labor Day. So all I'm going to give you now. Save the date and make sure you stay tuned to find out what the announcement actually is. But for right now, save that date. September the 4th. We got something coming. Something for our fans, everybody from Heat 100 Radio and myself, Simply Monica, Sports Web D. Keep the date. September the 4th. Save the date. Be great on purpose, folks. I'll see you all week on social media right back here next Monday on Sports Rap Live. Peace.